that it costs sometimes. Okay, anyways, all right, sermon series title that we're getting into tonight. Luke, you can put it up there. I want you guys to say this with me. Say F-A-Q. F-A-Q. And this stands for, we think of it as frequently asked questions, but we're actually going to be talking about frequently avoided questions. And this is in regards and in relation to you being a Christian. I was really wanting to have a series like this because I'm really excited about it because I don't know if you've ever been questioned. I don't know if you've ever been questioned or been asked questions that you don't know the answer to, especially being a believer or being a, a Christian. There's lots of questions that people may have. And in this series, we're going to be addressing questions Christians hope no one will ask. Questions Christians hope no one will will ask even maybe even questions that you ask yourself. Now, I don't know where you stand right now when it comes to you just how you're oriented with with God. I don't know if you consider yourself a believer, if you're a skeptic, if you're an atheist or you're an agnostic, you're kind of unsure about God. You think maybe there is a God, maybe there isn't a God, or maybe you're full out devoted. Like, I believe in God. Like God sent this in my life. I believe in Jesus Christ. I don't know where you may be at in your life, but I believe that we live in a world that has more questions than it does answers. And people have questions about faith. They have questions about the Bible and they have questions about how Christians should live such as this guys. Here's a question that somebody may have. Anybody follow me tonight? How could there be so, how could a good God allow so much evil, pain and suffering in the world? Have you ever thought about that question before or maybe this question right here? What makes you think that Jesus wasn't just a good man or wise teacher, but the son of God? Now, if we're being honest, these are questions, right? Those are hard hitting questions that maybe you don't want to be asked. or Maybe you've asked yourself that before. But I, I believe and I know that these are questions that different people ask other people or ask themselves every single day. It seems like we live in a world that has more questions than it does answers. So tonight, with the help of the Holy Spirit, as we start this new series for the next couple weeks, I want to bring clarity. How many people know that we do not serve a God that is the author of confusion, but of clarity, of understanding. I want to do my best not to talk too fast. I don't want to go over this material too quick. I want you to be able to grasp it. You can look at it later. Please pay attention to right, right up here, guys. And that way you can get it in your heart. So tonight, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I want to help bring clarity to questions unbelievers or believers may have about God. So if you take notes, this will be the night to take notes. And if you don't take notes... This will also be the night where you take notes. Next week, the week after, I encourage you, bring your friends. I mean, this is an intriguing subject and topic and series. I mean, I'm going to do my absolute best. I understand. I don't know everything. I'm not the most smart person, but I put in the time to study and prepare because I love you guys. And I want to see you guys equipped because I believe that you are called by God to make a difference in this world, in this generation, at your schools, with your families. Anybody believe that? I believe in you guys. Give yourself a hand clap real quick. Come on. Uh, but before we get into the question, you know, that we're going to be going into, um, I'm going to mention it. I'm not going to go too in depth with the question. I'm just going to ask it and we'll go over it next week. But before we do any of that, you may be asking yourself, why? Somebody say, why? 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 Like, think about this. Like, why are we going over this? Because if God is God, like if God is God, God is God all by himself. Why does God need me to stand up or speak for him? Because I believe that God is God all by himself. At the same time, I want you guys to get this. Pay attention. God is God, but God uses everyday ordinary people like me and you to make a difference and to reach out to other people. And we are called to be the hands and the feet 
of Jesus. The Bible calls us this, and you maybe ask yourself, why? Because God loves using people to do his work and do his will on the earth. And the Bible actually calls us ambassadors. Somebody say ambassadors. Do you know what an ambassador is? Maybe you don't. I'm glad you asked. Okay, this is what an ambassador is. An ambassador is the highest representative in a foreign region, country, or area. So get this. The Bible says that we are literally pilgrims passing through this world. That if you call yourself a Christian, guess what? I know you may have a nice house and a nice bed and a nice life and nice family, but this is not our home. That we have a home with Jesus and eternity and heaven that we are just passing through. And while we're here, we're called to represent Jesus Christ to the rest of the world. We are called to be reflectors. Say, I am a reflector. You are a reflector to represent and reflect Jesus Christ to the world. The Bible says that we are the hands and the feet of Jesus. And Jesus said this before he left. One of the last things that Jesus said before he left this world, he said this. Go into the world and make disciples. You know, baptize them, right? But here's the funny thing. Jesus said for the church to go into the world. He didn't say for the world to go into the church. He said for the church, you catch that? He called the church to go into the world, not the world to go into the earth. So we have a responsibility as Christians and as believers and as followers of Jesus as we go through life, as we're going through school, whenever we're at the movies, when we're at the mall, we must be equipped. We got to know what we believe in our hearts and we got to be prepared to share Jesus with other people at any moment and have answers to questions that they may have. Okay, for example, let me give you an example, a story and what kind of sparked this idea with this series. Um, a couple months ago, we were serving um, at this event at Christ's Kitchen for our Covenant Cares, okay? And I'm not going to say any names of who this exactly was. Maybe you were there serving alongside them. I don't know. Don't not call them out. I got permission to share this story, okay? They may or may not be in this room upstairs operating the, the slides and everything, okay? Do not look up their face. <laughs> now, Lucas, Josh, okay? I called them out, okay? Love you, Josh. All right? We only get like one or two views on YouTube, bro. So whoever's in this room is going to see it. So... All right, we got a hundred. Okay, check it out. So we were at this event. Sorry, Sanchez, I love you, bro. You're about to leave to go to Bible college. I'm just gonna, you know, okay. So check it out. We were at this event. Besides the point, we were at this event, and there was this guy, you know, coming to get food. He was going through the line, and would you believe that as we were serving food, Sanchez was in the front of the line serving food to people. This guy stops. He looks at Sanchez right in the eyes, and every there's other people behind him waiting to get the food, and he asks Sanchez a question. He says this. Why do you believe in Jesus? Like, and he said, have you ever met Jesus? Have you ever seen Jesus? Have you ever given him a hug, shaking his hand? I'm expounding on it a little bit more because that's what preachers do. They exaggerate what someone says, right? So he was pretty much saying, why do you believe in Jesus if you never heard, seen, or talked to him? Like, why do you believe in Jesus? Why do you put so much faith in Jesus? And I saw Sanchez, and he was like, like anybody else, if you're being honest, if you're asked that question too, you'd probably be like, um, you know, because it kind of caught him off guard. And he responded. I love the way that Sanchez responded because he said, you know, because Jesus is Lord of my life. And, you know, Jesus has done this in my life. And it, it just takes faith to believe in God. And somebody else joined in and some other people were talking. And this guy, get this, this guy responded by saying, I'm just messing with you guys. Like, I'm actually a Christian. I go to church. I believe in God. What I like to do is I like to go around and quiz other people and question them, especially if they're a believer, to see how, how deep they are in their faith when it comes to their knowledge and how educated they are, because I think it's important for you to be prepared. So if you are ever one of those people or you are one of those people, stop it right now. You're weird, okay? Do not question other people like that. But Sanchez was asked that question. But the reason I say that is this. I really do wonder 
how knowledgeable and how educated we are as, as Christians to answer tough questions like that? And could it be this, guys? Could it be that the answer that you give someone to the question that they have, could that answer actually draw them into Jesus? Or could that answer actually push them away from Jesus? Anybody follow me tonight? We must be equipped and prepared. The scripture says this in 1 Peter 3, 15, because I want to go ahead and wrap it up here in a minute. I'm going to go through this material pretty quick for the sake of time. Maybe ask yourself, Caleb, why are we talking about this? Like, where does it say what you said in the Bible? I'm glad you asked again. 1 Peter 3, 15 says this, but in your hearts, put it up there. Say in my heart. Revere, which pretty much means have a respect and honor for God. Have a heart to revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared. Say always. Always. Be prepared to give an answer. Say answer. Answer. To everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness. Say gentleness. And respect. So in other words, we are called and we must be equipped as Christians. And we got to know what we believe. You got to know who you believe in what you believe, and why you believe in it. you got to know what you believe. And first of all, I want to start off by saying that you are first called to love people. You're called to love people. You're called to forgive people. You're, you're called to show the love of Christ to people. And the reason that we study and the reason that we're going to talk about this and, this, and you're going to be taking notes and you're going to get it in your mind, you're going to get it in your heart, not so that way you feel like you can build up your ego or pride and make other people feel small so that way you feel all like smart and just like high. No, that's not the point of any of that. Our goal cannot merely be to win the argument with someone else. But get this, guys. Our goal is not to win the argument. Because sometimes we get asked the question and we get so in the offensive or defensive and we want to win the argument. We don't want ourselves to look bad. But get this, whenever you're a follower of Jesus and you get asked questions, hard-hitting questions like that, your goal should never be to win the argument. But rather, with the help of the Holy Spirit, your goal should be to win that person to Jesus Christ. So it's not about you becoming right or showing yourself right and approved. It's all about seeing the other person become restored and get closer to Jesus. Give Jesus a hand clap if you believe that. But before we dig into the questions um, next week and everything, I want to point out three vital elements. I want you to write this down real quick. We're going to go over one at a time. Three vital elements and steps when it comes to responding to people's questions. This is the foundation for the talks for the next couple weeks. The first one is this, preparation. Someone say preparation. Preparation. You can write this down if you want. Okay? This is a quote that I saw earlier this week and it really impacted me. All right? I saw it a couple months ago. And it, the quote said this. Proper preparation prevents poor performance. Proper preparation prevents poor performance. I'll say that one more time because it's a tongue twister. Say that five times fast. Proper preparation prevents poor performance. There's nothing worse, guys, whenever you step into a classroom for a test that you didn't study for. Can I get an amen? amen? Whenever the teacher drops something on you, that you didn't take the time to study, that you said, I'm going to study, I'm going to prepare for this quiz, I want to prepare for this star test, and you put it off to the side, you watched Netflix, you played video games, you played Fortnite, and then the day came for the test, and you're looking at this quest- these questions, you're looking at math, anybody not a fan of math like me, I do not like math too much, and it's like a foreign language, you're like, what in the world is happening, because you didn't take the time to prepare, or maybe you're getting ready for a sports event, or a football game, a basketball game, or whatever it may be, and you didn't take the time to go to the park, to go get an instructor, to get a trainer, you didn't take time to look at videos at home on how you can better yourself, and you get out on the field, and you're outshined by other people, and you're not as good, why, because you didn't prepare 
prepare for it. Or maybe you're getting ready for a speech. You're getting ready to talk to some people in public, but you don't know the material that you have. And whenever you step up there, you don't have the confidence or the reassurance to speak boldly about what you're supposed to be talking about. Poor, proper preparation prevents poor performance. And it's the same thing when it comes to our walk with God, when it comes to sharing the gospel with people. You got to prepare yourself. What do you mean by that, Caleb? Take the material that we're going to be talking about for the next couple of weeks. Get it in your heart. Rehearse it. Go home. Don't disbelieve what I have to say about, say about it. Get it. Write it down. Go home. Do your own study. Get it in your heart. Repeat it. Look at scripture. Do your own studies. Prepare at home in your devotion time and, and just in your quiet time with God. Get scripture. Read books. Do studies. Prepare yourself. Ask yourself this. Am I preparing myself to answer hard-hitting questions that people may have? Because I promise you, if you prepare, God will honor that. Proper preparation prevents poor performance. Anybody getting this time? Second point is this. How long am I going, Brooklyn? I'm at 12 minutes, so I got three minutes left. Okay, cool. Okay, second element is this. Prayer. Say prayer. Prayer. So first is preparation. Second is prayer. See, here's the thing. Not only should you prepare, but you got to pray. Preparation and prayer go hand to hand. Jesus said it like this. God's house, God's people are called to be a people of prayer. God's house is called to be a house of prayer. Prayer is simply this, whenever you talk to God. It's a two-way conversation. It's not a one-way conversation. But God actually wants to give you just a yearning or an unction or just a feeling in your soul. Whether he's answering questions that you may have or he wants to speak to you, guide you. Maybe just give you a peace and a confidence or whatever it may be. But guess what? You can talk to God. We complicate it so much when it comes to prayer. We think that we have to have like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 15 minutes. But I want to encourage you students, even if you have two minutes or five minutes or you're driving to school, maybe you woke up late, you didn't have time to pray in the morning. One of the best things that you can do to start off your day is not to you know, go to Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or Snapchat, but just get on your knees before you go to school or while you're driving, put on worship music and start talking to God. Tell God, hey God, this is what's going on in my week. This is how I'm feeling. God, I'm kind of worried about this or maybe about that. Just talk to God as if you're talking to your best friend and respect God, love God, worship God and say this, God, use me to make a difference. God, this person's on my heart at school. Maybe this person's being bullied. Maybe this person has questions. Maybe this person's unsure about their faith when it comes to their walk with God. Maybe they're far from God. Maybe they've they've opened up and shared with you different things about their faith and where they're at right now when it comes to their placement and and belief in God. And when's the last time that you prayed for people and said, God, use me? God, I want to make a difference in their life because you can only do so much. And I've learned this, that the gospel does the best work whenever we allow the gospel to do the work. And that whenever we talk to someone and we prepare and we study, but after we talk to them, even before we talk to them, we should pray. And after we talk to them, we've got to get back a little bit and say, God, I did what I can do. Now you do what I can't do because prayer is the conduit to see miracles taking place in your life. Anybody believe this tonight? The third point is this proximity. Say proximity. proximity. Get this. This is so important for you to get both prayer and preparation Preparation and prayer are pointless if you're not in proximity to those people that are lost or have questions. Prayer and preparation are pointless if if you're not in proximity to those people that are lost or have questions. So what I mean by that is this. You are called. You are called to go into the world and make a difference. Not for you to be the influencee, but for you to be the influencer to other people's other people in your life. How in the world, get this, okay, because I understand 
you may not be a people person. Anybody not a people person? Don't raise your hand, okay? <laughs> but sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes I just want to be with me, myself, and I. I just want to be, I'm a little introverted sometimes. And, you know, I've talked to other Christians. They're just like, I just don't like people. I just want to be around people. People get on my nerves. People have done this to me. Some of you guys are saying amen more than you've ever said amen this whole year. Are facts. I just don't, you know, I just don't like it. But did you know, the Bible says this, the greatest commandment is to love the, God, love the Lord, our God, with all of our heart and love our neighbor as ourselves. And we're called to make a difference and love people, no matter how mean they may have been to us, whether they're a stranger, they're a foreigner, they're a friend, they're a family member. You are called not to resist people all the time. How in the world are you going to reach people if you're always resisting people? So whenever you're in the classroom, guess what? You're in proximity to other people in the classroom that maybe not have received Jesus Christ in their hearts. Or when you're in the lunchroom, when you're at the mall, you're in the cafeteria, whatever you may be. Guess what? You're in proximity to other people around you that need to hear the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ that you literally have an antidote to the death that's in people's soul and in their spirit. People are longing and they're wanting, whether they realize it or not, for something true, something deep, something real, something tangible, like a relationship with God. It's not about religion. It's all about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Anybody believe this tonight? So preparation, thank you. Prayer and proximity. Let God's spirit lead you. Whenever you're in public, say, God, Maybe not, I'm not telling you to take this material because I understand here's what, uh, with that being said real quick, I'm about to close. We're going to go into small groups for, for 10 minutes that we have or five or 10 minutes. We're going to talk amongst one another. I want you guys to really get into conversations. Don't hold back a whole bunch. Please get to know each other. Show yourself friendly because here's what I, here's the last thing I'll say real quick before we do that. Cause I'm at like 17 minutes. Cause a lot of times we get in the habit of talking so much. Cause we're going to go over this material. You're going to get this in your heart, and maybe you're going to be in the habit of just maybe wanting to take all this and just blabber right away. Talk to every single person, share it. But the Bible says this, that we are called to be, we're called to, okay, let me explain it like this. The Bible says this, we are called to be quick to listen and slow to speak. We are called to, qu- we're called to be quick to listen and slow to speak. That we are called to seek first to understand and then be understood. Seek first to understand. Hear someone's story. Let them talk to you. Because I realize this. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. People don't know. They don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You show people that you care about them. You let them share their heart. Maybe about what they believe or whatever. Don't stop and let them talk to you. And whenever you allow them to talk to you, they'll be more open to receive from you as well. So next week, we're going to be addressing this question. And the question is this. They can put up on the screen before we go into the groups. I'm going to be talking about this next week. I'm going to give scientific evidence. I'm going to give proof. And we're going to go over different things that we can use, tools that we can use to prove this. But the, the question is this that someone may have. What makes you so sure that God exists at all, especially when you can't see, hear, or touch him? This is the question that we're going to go over next week. What makes you so sure that God exists at all? Is this interesting to you guys? You guys getting this? What makes you so sure that God exists at all, especially when you can't see, hear, or touch him? But before we get into that, this is just a question that someone may have. But before we do that, we're going to be breaking into small groups tonight. I'm going to count you off into groups of three. I understand you're going to be, want to be with the person maybe you're sitting next to or a friend or someone that you know. But this is only going to be for a brief period of time. I want to encourage every person to talk. We're going to get to know one another.